Hello everyone, welcome to the Business Lens. This is the sixth episode of the St. Johns County Chamber of Commerce's podcast. My name is Bo Phillips. I'm the senior communications senior communications manager here. And more importantly, I'm joined by Bob Porter, our director of public poli- our director of public policy, not affairs, public policy. And and uh, Bob is a guy that, that you really are here to listen to. Thank you for joining us. This week in our sixth podcast, we're really going to start to talk about some of the elections on the horizon in preparation for the primary election at the end of August, but also encourage you to come out to Politics in St. John's, our meet and greet events with candidates that'll be in that'll be July 16th in Ponte Vedra and August 1st here in San Augustine. So how's it going, Bob? It's going well on a rainy Friday afternoon, but uh, this is an exciting time of year. Uh, for me, as I, I joke, uh, this is my Super Bowl year. So we'll start with the United States Senate seat. Bill Nelson's currently in that seat, but he's got a very well-known and hard-charging opponent this year. That is absolutely correct. Uh, Senator Nelson is running for re-election to his third term in the United States Cong- uh, Senate, and he is going to be challenged by the sitting Florida governor, Rick Scott, on the Republican side. This is, uh, Florida is a a fascinating state for statewide elections because most um, sitting governors tend to win their election, and in some cases their re-election, by less than 10 percentage points across the state. Governor Scott is very well known across the state. Senator Nelson has been in the Senate for 12 years. He was in the U.S. House before then. They're both backed very strongly by the National Republican and Democratic campaign committees, and it's going to be a real knockdown, drag-out fight, I think. I know I've already started to see ads for for that specific race. There's going to be a lot of money in this race. There is quite a bit of money. People, both the uh, Democratic and Republican uh, senatorial campaign committees, have targeted this Florida Senate race as a must-win. Ultimately, uh, potentially, it could determine the control of the United States Senate. So this is a big money race. Governor Scott, as uh, most people know, has shown no hesitation to self-fund his campaigns and has spent many millions of dollars over the last eight years getting elected and reelected. Senator Nelson is relying upon not his own personal wealth, but both the Florida Democratic supporters as well as national uh, Democratic supporters. So I don't think that uh, running out of money is going to be a problem in this race. And this is really the first time in my memory that Senator Nelson has had a serious challenger. This is the first time, as I recall, that he has had a major challenger, uh, such as a sitting governor. I mean, this is going to be a, a a very interesting race. I think it's going to be a very close race. Uh, frankly, people talk about the I-4 divide in the state of Florida, where you have Democratic strongholds in the southern part of the state. You have Republican strongholds in the central and northern parts of the state. And it all comes down to uh, sheer numbers of people who actually go to the polls and vote. And speaking of this I-4 divide that a lot of a lot of policy wonks and political junkies are familiar with, the gubernatorial race is going to be that that line is going to be very important in the gubernatorial race as well. It is. This is going to be a fascinating uh, year 
for the race to replace Governor Scott, who is term limited out of office. On the Republican side, you've got uh, sitting United States Representative Ron DeSantis. You've got sitting Agriculture Commissioner and former Congressman Adam Putnam going neck and neck for the Republican nomination. On the Democratic side, you have uh, former United States Representative Gwen Graham, the daughter of Florida icon Bob Graham. Great name recognition, strong support across the state, but she'll be running against Andrew Gillum, who is the sitting mayor of Tallahassee. And also kind of what I would call the dark horse candidate in this race on the Democratic side is uh, former Miami Beach Mayor Phil Levine, who, like Governor Scott, has shown no problem at all in self-funding his campaign. He has spent millions of dollars on advertising, and we're only in the middle of May. So right now it is... Uh, as Bo said, it's, it's an exciting time for political junkies like me because we actually have competitive races both on the Democratic side and the Republican side. And frankly, we don't know at this point who's going to come out on top after the uh, August 28 primaries. I think one of the interesting things that you mentioned to me, have mentioned to me earlier, is that Commissioner Putnam has actually raised an incredible amount of money for this race. Commissioner Putnam, last time I looked, had raised more money than all the other candidates combined. He recently, as recently as last week, the potential third candidate on the Republican side, former uh, or outgoing Speaker of the House, Speaker of the Florida House, Richard Corcoran, announced that he wasn't going to be running for governor after all and through his support to uh, Commissioner Putnam. Moving a little closer to home, in the seat that DeSantis vacated, it's probably a little bit too early to call on that race. For state representative, in the seats that Cindy Stevenson is an incumbent and Paul Renner is an incumbent, they seem to be kind of in the in the Catsburg seat there um, and with very little opposition in those races. Although future Speaker Renner is facing a familiar opponent, at least in Adam Morley. I think probably more interesting, however, is the local county commission race in District 4, where current commissioner Jay Morris, or maybe I should say longtime current commissioner Jay Morris, who's represented Ponte Vedra for, for many years, is not going to be running for re-election. And there are three, well, there are several candidates for that seat, but there are three very interesting candidates. There are really three major candidates so far, if you uh, look at fundra- fundraising as any example of this. Um, the figure that I find just absolutely amazing is that we're in the middle of May, and the top three candidates have fundraised over a quarter of a million dollars among them, which is just astounding for a county commission seat. But the three competitors so far that have pulled away from the pack are uh, Erica Alba, uh, Jeremiah Blocker, and Dick Williams, and all three of them have roughly raised about the same amount of money for this seed. So we're looking forward to, frankly, some really good, solid, and hopefully fun debates among the candidates leading up to the uh, Republican primary. In effect, this will be decided in the Republican primary. That part of the county in St. John's County as a whole is pretty much a Republican stronghold. So Uh, We will see an increase in activity among the three of them over the next couple of months as they uh, look forward to the uh, August 28th primary. So, Bob, 
this really seems like the type of race where people could benefit from coming to politics in St. John's on July 16th in Ponte Vedra, on August 1st in St. Augustine. This will actually be a perfect time for you to look the candidates directly in the eyes and ask them the tough questions that you may not get an opportunity to ask say, in a, in a large public debate or another forum. These candidate meet and greets are a great opportunity for the candidates to meet hundreds of potential supporters, hundreds of potential constituents, but more importantly, it gives you, the voting public, the opportunity to ask the tough questions of these people running for office. It's a great chance to learn more about them. It's a great chance to independently make a decision on who you're going to vote for. And I think importantly, this is a free event for all of you out there who want to attend this event. The, the candidates pay a small fee, and you guys get your questions answered for no charge. Not only that, but you'll get to cast a vote, thanks to Vicki Oaks and the Supervisor of Elections Office. I know that this is something I'm really excited about. How about you, Bob? The straw poll, I think, is a, is a wonderful idea, and the fact that uh, Vicki Oaks has uh, come up to us again and said that she would be happy to run a straw poll in both locations for the first time using the St. John's County voting equipment, and she will have ballots that will resemble the ballots that you will see both in the primary and the general election. It's a lot of fun to do it. So if you want to come out and support your candidate, bring your friends, bring your family. This is an unofficial straw vote. But interestingly enough, I know that Bo has kept the uh, paper receipts from the last couple of politics events. Absolutely. uh, Folks have a pretty good batting average when it comes to predicting the outcome of races. Not only do you guys have a pretty good batting average, but for those of you who support candidates who may not win, now you know what kind of hill you got to climb. There you, <laughs> you know, go. You know what kind of work you got ahead of you. So, and, so come on out and uh, and pull that. Well, it's not a lever anymore. I don't get. No. <laughs> nope. You're showing your age, Bo. <laughs> Well, that's not the only interesting race here locally. There are, there, were, there are several other races, and we'll get into those more in depth in next month's podcast. Uh, the city of St. Augustine is going to be voting. Uh, the, the mayor's seat is up. Todd Neville's seat, who Todd Neville is not running for re-election, so St. Augustine City Commission seat four is going to be up for election again. There are several school board elections. City of St. Augustine Beach has some elections, so... Uh, in our next podcast, we'll drill down a little more locally. We'll probably have a better picture of a better picture of what the ballot is going to look like by that time. So, hopefully, you guys will join us. But before we leave you today, there are a lot of constitutional amendments on the ballot coming up, and one in particular may affect the business community. That's right. I know for most people, you mention the words constitutional amendment, and the eyes get very droopy, and you start looking for a pillow. Uh, you'll begin looking for a pillow and a blankie to hide away from. But there are actually, thanks to our Constitutional Review Committee, 13 amendments uh, that will be up on the ballot for your consideration. And uh, believe me, I won't go through all of them today, but I would like to drill down on one in particular that caught my attention because of its uh, potential for tremendous impact for the business community. And that is Amendment 2. And very simply, what Amendment 2 does is 
make permanent the existing 10% cap on property value increases for non-homesteaded properties. Essentially, if you own a building worth $100,000 and your property value goes up by 20% in one year, the county would actually be allowed with absent this constitutional amendment would be allowed to raise your taxes based upon that 20% increase. This was originally uh, voted into uh, the Constitution 10 years ago at the tail end of the recession when businesses were just starting to come out of the recession and starting to make money again. This amendment applies only to non-homesteaded properties. In other words, if you live in your house, you're not really affected by this. If you rent out your house or you own a commercial building, you are directly affected by this. I've seen figures as high as potential cost of not approving this amendment at over $500 million to businesses in the state of Florida. So it's something that we want to, something that we want to keep a very close eye on uh, moving forward, get smart on the issue, because if you own a commercial property and this amendment does not go through, you are potentially subjecting yourself to a very large tax bill come 2019. I just have been reviewing small business numbers in the state of Florida, and I mean, even a portion of that for a small business must be pretty hard to take on. Absolutely. I'd love to get a. I'd love to. I'd love for you to print out all thirteen of these amendments and let me get a picture of that stack on your desk and we'll post that. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Business Lens. Hopefully, you're enjoying the podcast and you're going to follow us on your podcast app on your iPhone or in your Google Play app on your Android device. You can also find us on SoundCloud. You can also find us on the the website sjcchamber.com forward slash the business lens hopefully also you're planning you save the date july 16th august 1st for politics in st john's and hopefully you're going to give us our feedback and let us know what we're doing right or wrong right bob that would be great thanks for thanks everybody and we'll see you next time <laughs>